All right, welcome everyone. Thank you for being here. So we're actually going to start the way that we usually do on Sunday evenings in men's E4M, and you guys will recognize I took these slides right out of our PowerPoint. So if you would please stand and let's sing. The church is one foundation, is Jesus Christ her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one or all the earth. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. One holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food. And to one hope she presses, with every grace and dude. Mid toil and tribulation and tumult of her war, she waits the consummation of peace forevermore. Till with the vision glorious, her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. Yet she on earth hath union with God the three in one. And mystic sweet communion with those whose rest is one. O oh, happy ones and holy Lord, give us grace that we, like them, the meek and lowly, on high may dwell with Thee. Amen. You guys can be seated. And please pray with me. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the Lord's Day that we get to gather together as your people. Father, we thank you for just the reminder that we've sung that the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, our Lord, and that we are his new creation by water and the word. Father, we thank you for the place that uh, E4M uh, plays in this, Lord, that it is 
part of what you've given us to build up this body in love as the new creation of Jesus. Uh, Father, we pray that you'd give us help in this hour, uh, me and, and the uh, other E4M guys as we uh, try to communicate what this is all about and everyone as they try to get their heads around this and especially those who are trying to decide whether or not this particular opportunity is right for them in this church at this time. Father, we pray that you'd be glorified in our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to ask you to open your Bibles uh, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. And he himself gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the full knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, so that we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body, being joined and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the properly measured working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself, in love. And that is the Word of God, and that, of course, is the foundation of the whole reason we are here together every Lord's Day, and the reason for the existence of E4M. Uh, as you see up there, uh, I labeled just equipping for ministry here as part of CBC's trellis. Uh, and if you've been around here very long, you maybe have heard this uh, metaphor used and applied uh, to the church of the trellis and the vine. We get it from a book by that name uh, that really has informed a lot of our philosophy of ministry. And the idea is that all of our programs, our building, uh, everything we put on the calendar, all of that is trellis. And it's good and it's important, but its purpose is to facilitate the growth of the vine, which is the body. There's another metaphor that we see there in Ephesians 4. The body builds itself up in love and we put together a ministry like E4M uh, in hopes that it will be a good trellis on which that vine is able to grow itself. And so this is just a part of CBC's trellis, and praise the Lord, it's a more established and better developed part of the trellis than it was two years ago when I stood up here with this same PowerPoint <laughs> and let many of you know that we didn't really know what we were going to do, but we were going to start this, and sort of blindly. Uh, so parts of this come from there, so forgive me if you remember this from them, but you, you, your, your memory may be a bit foggy, so we'll refresh a little bit. The history of E4M actually goes back quite a ways, uh, at least to 2014, and many of you may not recognize Pastor Brent, uh, who is uh, pastor, one of the pastors of Living Hope Bible Church down in Mansfield, which we planted back in 2015. Well, back in 2014, we sent Brent to church planter training uh, at Grace Advance out in uh, <clears throat> California at the Master's Seminary. 
And one of Brent's instructors was a man by the name of Chris Mueller. And sort of the background there is uh, we weren't sure we were going to be able to afford to replace Brent as our associate pastor at that point. So we were trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to manage uh, going down to just two full-time guys on staff? And Brent came back telling us about Chris Mueller and his church of about 1,200 regular attenders, uh, just adults, 1,200, with only two staff pastors and no other support staff. And so uh, we were like, okay, we need to find out from this guy how he does that, because if he can do that, we should be able to do Calvary if we have to send Brent and not hire someone to replace him right away. Well, the Lord was gracious and actually gave us a large financial gift, uh, like sometime between then and when we actually sent uh, Living Hope. And so we were able to hire Pastor Keith, so that wasn't an issue. But anyway, because of our exposure through Brent to this idea of having uh, such a vital member ministry in a church that you wouldn't have to have as many staff guys, we asked if we could sit down with Chris Mueller and his guys at uh, Shepherd's Conference. So in 2015, uh, Dan and I and Brent met with Chris Mueller's team, and we asked them, how do you guys do this? How do you have a church of 1,200 regular attending adults and only two staff guys uh, full-time? And they said, well, we train men. So they laid out for us what they call training center, which is what we call E4M. And uh, it was <laughs> overwhelming. Yes, like drinking from three fire hoses. And we were like, we can't do what those guys do. <clears throat> uh, at least we couldn't start it just from scratch at that moment. So we went with our plan and we hired Keith and, and didn't think a whole lot else about it until uh, we kind of kept it in mind 2019, uh, Dan and I in the fall went and observed Training Center in per person for like almost a week. We got to sit down on men's sessions and women's sessions and ask questions and learn all about it. And again, it was like drinking from a fire hose. We were maybe slightly less overwhelmed, but <laughs> probably only slightly. Uh, but at the end of the week we spent with them, they gifted us on something called Canvas, an online learning interface, all their materials for all three years of Training Center. Uh, and the philosophy of ministry just fits beautifully with what we do here. Uh, it's certainly taking a further step in development than what we do here, but we thought, okay, uh, you know, I had finished seminary at that point. Uh, we had more resources in some respects. We had guys who were eager to jump in and do it, so we thought, okay, we'll give it a shot. And so in fall of 2020, we launched E4M here at CBC, and actually there's the uh, picture of I think it was 12 guys who started and seven graduated that year. Uh, let me just mention, because uh, this is also relevant to that history, uh, part of the dynamic here uh, is the history of Calvary Bible Church. And when Pastor Dan came, uh, he was the associate, and Pastor Jim had been working, what, a year and a half or so to uh, try to revive what was essentially a dead church. Uh, and so things were tough, and you've probably heard Pastor Dan talk about this before. They fought for the life of this church for years to the point where they lost and lost and lost people, who most of whom probably didn't know the Lord, and got to the point where uh, Pastor Jim, it, it was a choice. One of them had to leave, and Pastor Jim left. They got rid of all support staff, and it was just Dan and the, and the beeper, right? <laughs> that, was, that was it. 
and then started regrowing by God's grace uh, slowly but surely, and then we're able to hire Charlie Hera uh, as a part-time administrator. And Dan called out to Grace Community Church. Uh, they had, at the time, I think, I don't know if they're doing this anymore, but they had the pastor of the day. I think I recently heard they're not doing it. So he talked to the pastor of the day and said, okay, I've, I've got some additional bandwidth, finally. It was just me and a beeper. Now I have a part-time administrator. What should I do? And the guy said, well, okay, uh, if I could put John MacArthur on the phone, would you want to know what he would say? And Dan said, you're going to put John MacArthur on the phone? <laughs> and he said, no, <laughs> but I'll tell you what he would say. He would say, preach great sermons and spend the rest of your time with your men. And so Dan started ISI. And what was that? Probably 20 years ago. Uh, and that, you know, I've come to think of as sort of like our slow cooker uh, over, over a couple of decades to really develop men and get them in the position to be uh, eager and equipped to be elders and uh, ministry leaders in other respects. And then... 2015, and again 2020, we sent a bunch of those men away. And at the same time, especially most recently, the Lord's bringing in huge numbers of visitors, uh, and, and it's, it started to look like, and the Lord knew this, that slow cooker process of getting men developed wasn't quite going to go fast enough. And so he gave us E4M right at that time. Uh, and so, yeah, it, we've, we've remarked recently, just with the number of visitors coming in and getting these seven guys now through year two, uh, it's, it is such a gift from the Lord to have this going on, but it still feels like it's not enough. So he keeps us in this position where we're barely supplied and still dependent, <laughs> which is a good place to be. Uh, so there again, you have the picture of, uh, so this was, that was two years ago leading up to the first class, which was going to be happening on September 13th of 2020. And then here, oh yeah, okay, so this is some stuff that's happened in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> I, none of us, I don't think, got a picture with John Plesnick at Shepherd's Conference, so that's a snapshot of him from his Greek videos. Uh, but, and then the guy on the upper left there, again, is Chris Mueller, uh, senior pastor at um, Faith Bible Church and the guy who's been developing training center for 20 or 30 years. Uh, and then that's all of us out at Shepherd's Conference this year. Uh, and Chris and John, I have this here, they've, they've really just... Uh, they appreciated their interactions so much with our guys at Shepherd's Conference. John, uh, who's the guy in the lower left there, wrote this to me after. He says, I can't remember if I told you already, your men were extremely encouraging at Shepherd's Conference this year. Chris and I both left with joyful hearts from the conversations we had with them. Thanks for all you're doing to invest into the men at your church. So I think you guys had heard that already, but you've been a blessing to these guys who are developing this program for 30 years and get to hear of uh, the place that it has in our ministry here. Uh, this is last night over in the office building. So uh, the seven guys up there who aren't elders <laughs> have finished. Actually, well, I guess we've all finished year two, <laughs> which is just wonderful. Uh, and you guys will get a little bit of a feel this morning for, for what uh, task it is that these guys have undertaken and persevered through three or through two years. And there is a third uh, that maybe all of them but Dexter will be signed up for, because joyfully and sadly we're sending Dexter away, which is part of the point of all of this. It's one of the more difficult ones. But uh, we're going to turn now, and hopefully you guys got a handout, uh, to some information. Last time around, uh, I printed, we printed out a bunch of applications, and they mostly 
just got left in here. So we're not doing that this time. I'm giving you a snapshot on this paper. And then I put my email on there on the bottom. Uh, you guys who want a full application can email me. And uh, we'll get that the previous one updated and then sent out to those who want it. So here's some information uh, about E4M, starting with the goal of E4M. And you'll see as we go through this, uh, it's really consistent you know, to the extent, and many of you obviously have been through Cal 101 and understand a fair bit about our philosophy of ministry and what I just read from Ephesians 4 and talked about relative to the trellis and the vine and the priority of vine or body growth in the church, you'll see that this training is, is very much oriented to that end. So the goal of E4M, training men as future pastors, elders, missionaries, church planters, and strong lay leaders who will be used of God in local churches for God's glory. And just a point of clarification, E4M is not just for pastors and elders, although it might lead in that direction. Uh, and then there's often a question of how does this relate to seminary? E4M is not seminary or a replacement for seminary, although it might lead you to seminary. And you'll see as we go on here, it's part of the point of E4M is to figure out how the Lord has gifted you. Uh, too many guys probably go into seminary without really knowing for sure if that's what the Lord has gifted them for. So that's, that's part of the point of E4M. Uh, and then just to reinforce, E4M has a local church focus. Continuing in the goal of E4M, the target is not to make men into something, but to draw out what God has already made them. Following the goal of Ephesians 2.10, Acts 13.36, and emphasizing Ephesians 3.20-21. Uh, and this I've heard from Chris Mueller repeatedly. Every time he talks about training men, uh, he brings up in particular Ephesians 2.10, uh, where the Lord prepares good works beforehand so that we could walk in them. And Acts 13.36, where it says, David served his purpose in his generation and laid down with his fathers. And so what we're looking to do is to figure out what is each of our purpose in this generation. We know generally it's to be a church member and to use our gifts and to be a gift to the church. Like it says in Ephesians 4 there, it was the men themselves that were given to the church as gifts. And men and women ourselves continue to be given to the church as gifts. And so figure out what is that purpose in your generation in terms of how the Lord has gifted you specifically. And then Ephesians 2.10, what are those good works that God has prepared beforehand specifically for you so that you would walk in them? And so you'll have the elders, you'll have your brothers, uh, your cohort together to help you over the course of one, two, or three years discern that and develop those gifts. Uh, and Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, really the point of it all, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, and so we're depending on him to do that according to the power, which is his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And in case you didn't catch it there, it's a particularly reformed view of spiritual gifts and their development. We aren't the ones who decide how we're gifted. God is the one who has decided that, ordained it, appointed it, and gives it to us in the context of the local church to do work like this to figure it out 
and to run in his ways, to excel in it. So, oh yeah, so there's, <laughs> I missed the advancement. What is your purpose in your generation? What are the good works God created beforehand that you should walk in them? It is all for the purpose of the glory of God in the church, and it reflects a reformed view of spiritual gifts. So that is the goal. Uh, secondly, the program. Uh, this is a significant weekly investment, which you may have already heard a lot about that. Uh, three hours is the commitment uh, being asked for every Sunday to be in person. And we were just discussing last night exactly what the schedule might look like, trying to do year three for the first cohort and year one uh, for the new cohort. That would be PM. <laughs> now, I don't think anyone asked last time. Important clarification, though. Yeah, nobody's doing that in the morning on Sunday. So, yeah, <laughs> we could still make it to elder prayer in time, though. What's that? Possibly Rod. Possibly Rod. That'd be right in your window. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, four to seven, and that's probably going to stay the same. Four to seven would be, but it would be three hours in person uh, every Sunday. And then an additional three to 20 hours per week, depending on class requirements and the students' abilities. Uh, I think, I think I had more detail in here last time around, so I was expecting you to be a little bit overwhelmed at this point. Uh, and so, <laughs> just the guys, the guys who've been through this for a couple of years can testify. Now, it may not be as accommodating to the new cohort as it was to them, because we really were just sort of feeling our way through this the first time around. But we'll be understanding, and it is only the second cohort, and so we will. We'll learn our way through this together and, and help anyone who signs up. Our goal is to see you get through, and, and for many of you to get through all three years. Uh, now, I'll, I'll clarify this later again. The application is year by year, and so it's not expected that everyone who does year one would go on to year two. Uh, and matter of fact, we'll get there uh, here. In terms of continuing on in the program here, an over year, overview of the three years, and you've got all three there, Year one is just intensive in the scriptures. Uh, semester one is tons of Bible memorization, not memorizing Bible verses verbatim, but ministry passages so that you know where to go in the Bible for various issues. Uh, the guys can testify. That's, and they, they have some suggestions, actually, for how to make it easier on the next cohort. So uh, those of you who sign up can be thankful for that. Uh, and then semester two is systematic and practical theology. So you get this foundation that really should be a foundation for everyone who's in ministry in any capacity. And so that really is every member of the body. Uh, would be appropriate for year one. Now there are some, you'll see this on the application if you get one, there are some restrictions to that that you can read through. We were very flexible with the first cohort as to whether they met all of the requirements in uh, the application. And we'll continue to have some flexibility. So when you get the application, if you read through it and go, I'm not qualified on paper. Uh, we joked about this last time. The elders uh, felt like some of us weren't qualified probably <laughs> to sign up for E4M. But no, that's, that's not really true. Uh, you, should, you should at least inquire. If you have interest, come talk to me or one of the other elders uh, about skirting around some of those requirements that are on paper in the application. Year two, uh, we get into a little bit of Greek exegesis and uh, intensive shepherding concerns. How do you bring the scriptures to bear in 
particular areas of ministry. Uh, so that's a little bit more advanced, and it wouldn't necessarily be expected that everyone who finishes year one gets into that. And then year three, uh, we haven't actually had these guys who graduated last night apply yet, but they'll have to apply for year three. And there the emphasis is on leadership and how do you replicate yourself uh, as you've been poured into, 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, entrust these things to faithful men who will entrust them to others also. That's the, the major, and this is what these guys were hearing last night at graduation, is now is really the time. They've already been doing it, but they've got to kick it into even higher gear to be doing that, to be leading out in various capacities, to be intentionally replicating themselves and pouring out what's been poured into them. So there's an overview of the three years. Uh, in terms of the process, uh, the weekly three-hour gathering is more than just class time. Uh, this is a life-on-life -life mentoring process. Uh, Dexter was saying last night he kind of expected to be able to just come in and slip into the back uh, of the classroom and say nothing. And how'd that work out for you? <laughs> Didn't work out at all. Uh, but I think you were saying you were thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's and and uh, Chris Mueller, who we got this from, is a real pedagogy guy. He's really interested in how learning and teaching work together, and so he put this in here. It's more of a Hebrew model. Become what I am. You know, Jesus. We see this in the Gospels. Spent all of his time, it seems like, with his disciples, and the elders are not committed to that. <laughs> but we do want this to be not just us getting up there and giving you information. Uh, we want this to be life on life. Become what I am rather than a Greek model of learn what I know. It's not just an information download. And, and part of that is a weekly meal together. Um, and this is something we'll work out a schedule for. It'll be different guys uh, responsible for it each week. Uh, <laughs> well, don't get, a, don't, don't get ahead of it. <laughs> you can plan with your spouse, and we thanked the women last night for two years. They've been helping their husbands get food uh, to us every Sunday, just about. So yeah, pre-plan and discuss with your spouse. Not expected to spend a lot of money or time, the picture there notwithstanding. Think creatively and economically. How can I get crab legs inexpensively would be a <laughs> good question to ask. <laughs> How much effort and creativity you put into this assignment reflects your commitment to giving God your class. There is an emphasis here on give us good food. <laughs> uh, and then there's the, the PS. The food in the spread above was not taken at an E4M meeting, however. Uh, and in fact, just to sweeten the deal a little bit, uh, we were reflecting on this, or I was, leading up to last night when we had Papacitos. A year ago, I actually made crab legs and uh, tenderloin. <laughs> I'm not promising I'll do that again for the next cohort, but we did have something that looked kind of like that <laughs> a year ago. Uh, okay, so that's the program cost. Uh, we want the men to have investment and ownership, but we don't want the finances to prevent participation. So please come talk with me or one of the elders if cost is an issue. Um, and with that, the cost is 300, so we, we actually cut it in half from what they charge out in California, and that seemed to have worked uh, for the first couple of years here. Uh, so it's $350 tuition per semester, and then if you continue into year two, it's roughly an extra $700 on top of that to buy uh, Bible software for your computer. 
So that's outlined, and that'll be in the application. Uh, but again, if that is prohibitive for you, don't let that stop you. Like I said, come talk to one of us, and we'll try to work it out. So uh, summary of the time investment, uh, three to four hours per week in the classroom, uh, three to 20 hours, mostly capped at 15 uh, of uh, work per week, uh, study outside of class, uh, ministry requirements, which is maybe more flexible, attendance at two weekly CBC events, Sunday worship and small group, um, Sunday school, etc. cetera. Uh, by the end of year one, discipling at least one other man. By the end of year one, sharing the gospel weekly. So this is all reflective of the fact that, again, this is not just an information download. This information or this training that you receive in E4M needs to go right out into your ministry in the body. That's, that's an important focus. But again, we were flexible with the first cohort guys. In fact, I ref again reflected on this recently that uh, at the end of year one, we weren't quite hitting these goals, but they got busy in the summer last year, as many of you probably noticed, uh, and were uh, investing more time in ministry in the body. Uh, family ministry, even more flexible but important. Uh, you are leading your family in the local church, uh, which means active membership. Uh, your wife as applicable, children as applicable, should be involved in ministry here. Uh, longer term or nearer for some, again, it's flexible but important. And this one we've, uh, since COVID, not done, but it keeps being on our agenda. So Lord willing, it'll be not too far in the future, going on a short-term CBC mission trip, uh, ministry service and leadership according to your gifting. So again, that's, that's really an emphasis more in year two, uh, or once you've graduated, even if you're not continuing into year two. Uh, so with that, uh, maybe you have a ton of questions and maybe you don't. At this point, actually in the slides previously, there were written testimonies from guys in California, and I told our guys I was taking those out because now they are the testimonies. Uh, so I'd like you guys to come up and say something, uh, probably before we open it up, at least one or two of you, uh, before we open it up to questions, just to, to give some thought about what everyone is hearing this morning uh, and seeing in these slides, and then we'll open it up to questions. So anyone want to volunteer of the seven guys? I don't know if all seven of you are in here. All right, John. Okay, so um, I decided to do E4M two years ago now because, honestly, I did not know much about the Bible. I thought, oh, this would be a good way to learn a little bit more. And it was very much so a way to learn more, um, like drinking from three, three fire hoses, as it was shown. Um, this process has made me the leader in the house that I was not able to be before then. Um, I'm comfortable with the scriptures. I'm able to... Um, dive into a passage and pull out the true meaning, not just what I think it means or want it to mean. Um, There's a big change in how I understand the word between um, two years ago and from now. Um, not just having to ask, you know, Jason, what everything means, being able to actually discern for myself um, the truth of Scripture, which is uh, something that should be important to all of us. So um, for those of you who maybe aren't quite as, you know, knowledgeable, you're not, you know, you're not Rod May, just an absolute wealth of knowledge. Um, don't let this be intimidating to you. It is, um, it is a lot of work, but it is incredibly worth it, uh, especially for those of you, uh, young men who may be, uh, in a new marriage, um, don't have kids yet. Now would be the perfect time. 
because I know I've seen these other guys with their kids doing all this. I'm like, I don't know how you'd have the time for that. So that'd be my encouragement to you guys. If, uh, if you're on the fence, you're maybe not as confident in your current abilities in the Bible, try it. Go for it. Um, yes, it's like drinking from three fire hoses, but it has made all the difference for me in my own life. All right, maybe one more of you guys. So is it possible with small children? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it is possible, yeah. Um, I just want to mention three things. Um, um, so first of all is the time commitment. And, and I know you guys uh, are busy. <clears throat> um, whenever I think about um, whether I should start a new ministry or not, I think about Jeremy Conrad and... Um, uh, that man has more on his plate than I ever will, and yet he still found time to do E4M. So I, I would just encourage you, of those 12 men you saw, three of us had newborn babies during E4M. Um, so uh, Jeremy has like <clears throat> 8 to 10 kids or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> somewhere around there. Um, I mean, these men, are they're, they're teaching adult Sunday school, they're teaching uh, children's Sunday school, they're leading ISI on top of E4M. So uh, if you're concerned about time, I would talk to Jeremy or Marcus Cooper. Um, the other thing I just want to mention is just the bond of fellowship that um, you will find in E4M. Uh, there's a big difference between Jeremy and I. Just one example, you remember the picture of John Plesnick. We saw him at Shepherd's Conference talking to some other men. And Jeremy said, hey, it's John. Let's go talk to him. I said, no, 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 no. He, he's too busy. Let's go. Come on, Jeremy. Let's go. Uh, he's naturally extroverted. I'm naturally introverted. And anyways, Jeremy uh, jumped in and, and talked to John. I'm so glad we did. But I wanted to sit at the back of E4M and just learn and not really get personal. But uh, E4M, uh, you'll be challenged. You'll confess sin. You'll have these men around you who are speaking into your life, um, uh, explaining or helping you see how God has gifted you. And, and that's rare, even in this local church, because these men, the elders and these other E4M men, will see how you're gifted and maybe how you're not gifted. And they'll be honest. You'll be critiqued during E4M, and you'll, um, you'll, you'll grow so deeply with this, these men that you, you may not otherwise be able to. So I just wanted to mention that. Very good. Thank you, Dexter. Okay, one more thing before we open it up to questions. Any of the elders want to say anything I missed or add to what we're... No? Okay. No? All right. Uh, okay, well, with that, questions, and, and you can ask questions of the... the how many... Are, are all of you in here? I haven't counted. Are we missing anyone? Marcus is here. Marcus was a question mark. Okay. I think they're all here. So the seven guys and their wives also. Yes, Marcus is here. Yes. Uh, yeah, so, so go ahead and ask your questions, and I'm going to try to have them answer. Uh, so if you have questions for the men, questions for their wives, go for it. Oh, and by the way, Catherine Long pointed out, part of your training, you seven, is restating the question for the AV people. <laughs> so we'll see how you do with that. <laughs> Maybe I'll help you out. Okay, questions.
Yeah, I, w I would say, um, especially if you... <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you fit everything in practically um, into the 24 hours that the Lord has gifted you? Um, and you, you take stuff away. You take stuff away. And um, so, th I, especially, I'm going to speak to those of you who have families, who have kids. Um, semester one, and I think this would be, uh, you know, agreed by everyone. Semester one is hard time-wise because it is, it is getting a lot of data and taking it in. And um, I think you would have to know, and, and I would want to tell you at the end of semester one, and we didn't know what semester one was going to look like going in, and we didn't know what semester two or three. At the end of the first semester, um, Finley, my daughter, um, asked if I was going to do the second semester, and I said yes, and she started crying. Um, and that is because it did take so much away. I mean, I was trying to get up as early as I could, and for a long series, of, you know, long period of time, I was just trying to get up at 4.30 just to get the studying and everything that was done, and Saturdays were, were committed to this. Um, so, so, so it's incredibly hard, and you would want to know, and, and, and I'll tell you, semester two lightened up in three and four, and to where right now, th th that's not the case. That, that, that's not the case. But you would have to know going in, particularly the first semester, you will need to have, and, and just like you might in seminary, you have to have the buy-in and support of your family, your wife, and your kids, knowing that for a season, we're going to take four months where I need your help to help daddy get this done. And I think that's okay. And that, But if you know on the front end, it, daddy's not going to be there a lot on Saturdays and things of that nature. It, so, But it's for a short season and get the support of your family to help you with that. As a wife of an E4M, <laughs> how was it? I didn't know what to expect either, so it was kind of an adjustment, but I think, yeah, we just came to expect that Saturdays I would try to fill the day with activities outside the house just to try to give Jeremy quiet study time and try to make it fun for the kids, and it was just an adjustment, and my attitude was not always right or godly, but, um, you know, I think God was working on me too through all of that. Just one follow. Just real quick. Just to follow up on that question about how you do it with with children. One of the things that I try to do because a lot the first semester a lot of it is memorization. So one of the things that I did in I mean, we had Quizlet, which is an app that you would able to, to use to you know that ask a question you have the response. So I would be making breakfast and Maddie or Judah would be, would be reading the questions and I would be answering it and just to get them engaged in some of that. So just some there are practical ways to bring your family into it. And uh, that in particular was really uh, 
sweet for us, for my kids to be involved in it. And they, and they had fun, like, yeah, Dad, you got it. It's like, oh, you missed it. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> no. So, so there were fun ways to include them into it as well. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, is it worth it? Do, do, do you think in the end, uh, how can you convince someone? How would you convince them to do this? Even if they didn't do these things, they still have How would you convince So, the question was uh, is it painful? You know, was that process of uh, all the time spent away painful? And, and the question is, yes, there was definitely some pain involved in, in waking up early and spending all that time studying God's word, you know, exercising your, your memory and um, the time away. So, yes, it was painful, but absolutely it is worth it. I mean, is the word of God worth it? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, is ministering to your family, to your wife, to your kids, and to the, the local body worth it? Absolutely. I mean, if you think of all the things that Paul went through in, in his ministering the word in a, um, in a society where it hated it, Christians, and I think we see that more and more now that um, the, the society is against uh, believers. And so do we need the word of God? Yes. Do we need strong men who know the word, who are able to bring it to bear in their own lives, in their families' lives, in their church lives? Yes, it is worth it. Any other questions? Um, so th this was not asked, so let me restate the question that wasn't asked. No. <laughs> so, and one of the things I really do want to stress, year one is data. I mean, there's a lot of data, and it's, it's data about the Word of God, but this so is... So if I could interject on that, by the way, and I don't think this perspective has been mentioned, it's going to be, and I think, is it you, Dan Wolfhard, that uh, would say that was easier than the writing. Yeah, so it's not the same for everyone. Some people yeah. find that early semester to be easier. <laughs> yeah, th that's completely true. There are some guys that, I mean, I, I would take like the final exams every week three or four times, and other guys hammer it out, you know, one time. First so time. Yeah. so that's, yeah, that, that, that is definitely true. But one of the things, and this is from the first, first week all the way through the last two years, is it's not head knowledge. But there's such a focus on bringing it in, into your heart, into your family, and the personal ministry. And the emphasis and focus of E4M is not gaining data. It's developing men who are ministers and shepherds in their home and in the local church. And the elders, I, I, I praise God for that because had that focus not been there every single week, um, it, it could have been something that would be a data dump, which, you know, knowledge just puffs up. And, um, but that's not the focus. So I don't want to give that incorrect perception as well. So. A quick follow-on for you young unmarried men out there. Now is the best time. <laughs> well, that was short and sweet, yes. 
Uh, you know, one thing that I haven't mentioned is when you get to year two, yeah, I mentioned the Greek, but there's also preaching and teaching. Uh, everyone gets to preach and teach in year two and get feedback. Uh, so I don't know if any of you guys wants to say something about that, who's been through it, or this is a question I have for you if we're not seeing other questions. Uh, whether it's on that, the preaching, teaching opportunity, getting critiqued, getting to grow and articulating the faith, or anything else, what was the, what was the just number one or number two, number three, the, the top things that were great about the first couple of years of E4M? I'm Kevin Long, and some of you know who I am. Some of you actually have, uh, I'm the alternate teacher or alternate month teacher for the, uh, the 11 to 13 year old class. And I've had several opportunities where some of these E4M guys as a part of, as a part of their assignment to come in and to basically to uh, co-teach um, with me. Uh, there are other teachers who are probably in there right now who have had the same uh, experience. But it was a very rich experience, not only for, uh, for them, but also for me and the kids. Um, because everybody that came in, um, some seemed like they wanted to observe a little bit more, but um, we're, we're active. We're actively helping, helping me to teach the class, and it was, it was so valuable to all of us. So um, I just wanted to, I wanted to mention that as one of the, the teachers uh, for, for Sunday School. Very good. I think one of the benefits for me was the, uh, the challenge from the other men uh, as well as the material itself. The second semester of the first year is on doctrine uh, and that was very helpful for me to, uh, we, we would spend one week per doctrine and there were nine different doctrines that were covered and it was just so helpful. To, to spend that time on these different doctrines, uh, which gave us a glimpse of the different views that, that different portions of the body of Christ have on each of the doctrines. So it gave me a, a, a broader perspective on these doctrines. And that was just so helpful uh, for me at this point. But probably the, 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 the biggest benefit was just the interaction with these men, both the elders and, and the students, and the challenge uh, just uh, to, to, to share, to uh, be accountable uh, to these men's in, men, and just the challenge of that. I know many of you are part of small group uh, here at, at, at Calvary, and this is sort of a step up, uh, something similar to that, but just a step up. It's a little bit more intense, but it's just such a blessing uh, and, and, and such a challenge uh, uh, for me in, in that respect. And I would uh, encourage, uh, you know, you men who are considering this to, to at least give it some, uh, some additional thought. All right, more questions? Go ahead. Wait, one more time. Yeah, you talked about more about 
Yeah, okay. It's year three only for people who are going to be pastors or missionaries. And you had heard that that was the case. Yeah, I would say uh, it definitely has a, a thrust of being towards people who are going to be not just in vocational ministry, but dedicated to ministry in the local church, leadership in the local church. And that would be whether domestic or abroad. Uh, and so, yeah, increasingly from year one, like I said, year one is more general, the kind of Bible and doctrine knowledge that uh, the church should have generally, really sharpening every guy in that and making sure that that firm foundation is there. Year two, and you know, it's, it's one of the qualifications of an elder that, that a man be apt to teach. And that's what's being cultivated in year two largely is, uh, you know, the issues of life in a local church context sharpening your understanding of how scripture comes to bear on that and then being able to articulate it like i said you get opportunities to preach and teach and be critiqued by your peers and by the elders and then year three is leadership in ministry how are you going to replicate yourself in the context of the local church and so all of that kind of provides the foundation for the answer no it's not just for men who are going to be in vocational ministry but it is for men and this is increasingly from year one to two to three men who will be dedicating themselves to ministry in leadership and shepherding, teaching, preaching, instructing, counseling in the context of the local church. So it could be, you know, guys like Rod, guys like Russ who aren't in vocational ministry, but whose lives are oriented towards that. You're welcome. Yeah. Good question, Michael. Yeah, what is the what is the deadline for a decision? Uh, and does it say on there? I think it might say on the handout. Sometime in early August, probably around the 1st of August, will be an application deadline. That will be communicated uh, for anyone who asks for an application. The due date will be on the application. Uh, but yeah, I would encourage you to ask for the application sooner than later, but any time in July would be fine. Yes, there will be summer reading for the year one students. It will be adjusted from what it was two years ago, and so that's not firmly established yet. <laughs> yeah, William. Both. <laughs> so yeah, the question was summer reading as in before the year one starts or summer reading between year one and year two, and the answer is both. So yeah, most relevant to you all is you'll have, what is, was it three books last time around? that you had to read prior to the start date. And I don't remember when you got that list. It may have been in this meeting, but I don't think this meeting took place that early. So you guys had like three weeks or something? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we are actually running out of time. Dan. So I just want to give big picture, you can tell, uh, Jason and I compliment one another. He's Mr. Detail. And uh, I see everything. It's kind of the big picture in the history of the church. you got to understand that uh, this is essential for us. We have to do this because we're in a, we find ourselves in a position where um, we need to church plant. And where do we get these men from? You know, we've sent off uh, all of our former elders. Do, do, do you realize that all of our 
our former elders, almost all of the former elders, have either retired and have stayed here and are no longer uh, serving as an elder, or they have gone with one of our church plants. And uh, so we've sent those guys away. So how do we continue this ministry, as I talked about last Sunday, in terms of the Great Commission, making disciples and planting churches? How do we continue to do that without trained leadership, knowing that we can't send everybody to uh, seminary because they have families and they have careers and, and all of that? And so we knew a number of years ago that we would need an engine that would create leaders in the local church to stabilize the church and strengthen the church, and beyond that, to actually plant new churches. And so we need, we need men who are seminary trained, and, um, and we need a lot of men who perhaps are not seminary trained, but they've gone through something like this so that uh, they understand the word of God, they live the word of God, uh, they, they live it not just in the church, but they live it at home. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to say about this is it's hard to describe what Sunday night is like, the three hours that we spend together. It's not seminary. About every 15, 20 minutes, they're changing gears. They're switching from content to prayer to memorization to dealing with uh, doctrines. And then in the middle of it, they, they move all the tables around and, and then a meal shows up and, and we all sit together and we talk about what we're learning or things we're struggling with or just laughter. We sing together. That's probably the best part of it, maybe, <laughs> is uh, the singing together every time we meet and the evaluation and the communication and uh, the encouragement that takes place along the way. And everybody struggles with it, even the elders, right? Just struggling to be here uh, for three, <laughs> three hours every Sunday night. It's hard on us as well. Uh, but I can tell you, it is so worth it. And our church already has benefited so much from this. And uh, I just want to communicate to you, we need this. Uh, and now that we've done it once, uh, I'm, I'm more committed to that than ever have been. We need this, and we need some of you men just to, uh, yeah, pray about it. Um, but come on, take risk and dive into this. You can do this. By the grace of God, you can do it. And so let me encourage you to take that seriously. Amen. Very good. So I think the only student we haven't heard from is Marcus. Did you want to say a little something? Yes, Jeremy says. It's on. Do I have to create my own question? <laughs> I guess. Um, you can give a brief testimony. A brief testimony. Okay. Um, it is difficult, yes. And it is well worth it. Um, you're learning the Word of God, and you are ministering the Word of God to your family, to your children, to your wife, and to your church. Um, yeah, it, you know, the things that you cut out are things that, uh, are necessary, right? How many hours do we waste just doing nothing? Um, this is a focused time to study and you'll realize you don't need that much sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing enough, you know, so, uh, yeah, or coffee, you know, and, and so uh, encouraging. Amen. 
Yeah, and Marcus, we're, we're, I think one of the elders was talking about the love for the local church that's necessary and how that is part of the outflow of this. And Marcus has commented more than once. And you were fairly new when we started E4M, new to the church. But Marcus has clearly grown in his love for this church, which I think you said recently you're never leaving. <laughs> we'll see what the Lord says about that, but I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we are, we are out of time. I will stick around, and maybe some of these guys will stick around too if you want to come up front and ask more questions. Um, oh yeah, and, and just piggybacking on what Dan said there, uh, he refreshed last week in terms of our purpose uh, for existing as a church, and this is a big part of that. Uh, come the next two weeks to Sunday school, discipleship will be the focus. Uh, you'll get to hear from two of these E4M guys, Jeremy and then Stuart, on uh, how we do discipleship here at Calvary, which is absolutely foundational to the whole idea of multiplying ourselves. That's the essence of it. And then four weeks, Lord willing, this is still the plan, right, Rod? <laughs> four weeks on parenting. So yeah, how do we do in these various contexts, including our home, this work of making disciples? So we're just trying to refresh on a lot of these essentials and how we do what Dan talked about last week in terms of fulfilling our purpose as the church that, that Christ died for and has set apart for himself. Uh, please pray with me and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you uh, for this time. Thank you for the testimonies of these seven men in particular, Lord, how you've used this part of Calvary's trellis to uh, cause them to grow. Uh, Lord, for the body to continue to build itself up in love. We pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified as we seek for that to happen in the next hour under the preaching of your word. We pray, Lord, that we would go with humble hearts uh, ready to receive the spirit, uh, the work that your spirit has to do in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.